0: So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh. wow. Good job.
1: Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start, and that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat.
0: Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe.
2: It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling prom, call 100 gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This
3: episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little
2: Let's roll, baby. Live from Fenway Park, the official end of the 2021 debacle of a New York Yankees season. No other way to describe it. No other way to slice it. No other way to dice it. This season ends up becoming a sad, sad, sad failure as the Boston Red Sox eliminate the New York Yankees in this wild card game, eliminate the New York Yankees for the second time in four years, and... The Yankee season that featured a whole lot of ups and downs that was this ultimate roller coaster ride. It kind of ended just the way it started. Ho hum, lifeless, and absolutely pathetic. Pathetic! I don't know where to begin. You know where you gotta start? You gotta start with the 300 plus million dollar ace who absolutely urinated all over himself. I don't want to hear about a hamstring. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about that. Garrett Cole stunk tonight. This was the biggest start of Garrett Cole's career in a Yankee uniform. He stunk. The Yankees are paying him $30 million a year. He couldn't even make it out of the third inning. That's on Cole. He's got to be better. He's going to have to think about this all offseason. You know, it's funny. I saw Kyle Schrober walking up to the media room. And Kyle Schrober was talking to one of his security guards. And he basically was like, yeah, I feel bad for Garrett Cole. Because he's going to have to hear this all winter from the New York Yankee fan. Damn right, Kyle. Damn right. Any Yankee fan who's going to give Garrett Cole a pass for this pathetic start is clueless. But you know what? It's not just Cole. The Yankee lineup that has been feast. Or famine, all season long. Aside from John Carlos Stanton, aside from Anthony Rizzo, did absolutely nothing in this game. Joey Gallo, some effort from Joey Gallo hitting in the cleanup spot. What an absolute step! That move really worked out well for the New York Yankees. My guy Gardner, who I love, Gardner should not be back on his team next year. Time for the Yankees to get younger. Time for the Yankees to make changes. They play Higgy. They play Velasquez. Didn't matter. You go to Sanchez, you go to Odor, didn't matter. Yankee bats were as dead as can be. But this game, it felt like the momentum was starting to shift. Holmes gets out of jam. Sevy does the job. All of a sudden, it's 3-0. Rizzo hits the home run. You're back in the game. I'm back. The Yankee fan is back. What in God's name is Phil Nevin doing? You're down two runs. I don't want to hear about a perfect relay. You cannot under any circumstances send Aaron Judge there. Aaron Judge was out by a mile. He was out by an absolute mile. You cannot send him there. Sure enough, the Yankees don't score. And what happens in the bottom of the inning? The Red Sox come right back. And here's the other thing. And this is a swan song, and it's apropos for this Yankee manager. Explain this to me, folks. Explain this. Chad Green with runners on base. Chad Green late this year has inspired no confidence. Who in their right mind, who, who in that dopey analytics department suggested that Chad Green should come in to face Rafael Devers and Alex Verdugo with runners on base? Who, who, who in their right mind could honestly think that is a good idea? Bevers hit a piss missile to center field. He walks Bogars, and boom, Verdugo basically ended the game with a base hit. With Wandy Peralta, who got so many big outs for the Yankees, sitting in the bullpen, spitting sunflower seeds. Before I get to calls, this is where I want to end, from my point of view. This had better be the last game that Aaron Boone ever manages as New York Yankee manager. Goodbye, good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. If Boone is back managing this team next year, shame on the Yankees. Shame on them. The Yankees have done nothing but regress since he's taken over the team. They are a soft team. And we talk about the dynamic with the Red Sox and how the Red Sox, right, have all four, have two world championships since the Yankees last won. You know what else they got? They got two playoff victories over the Yankees. You know what's the common denominator? Aaron Boone is manager. The idea of justifying Boone coming back and managing this team next year is embarrassing. Is he the reason they lost this game? No. Cole stunk, deserves to be killed. Yankee lineup stunk, not good enough. This manager stinks. We can talk about the front office. They want a clean house there, be my guest. But the idea of status quo is a joke. It is an absolute joke. Because this team is not getting better, they're getting worse. And any the idea, Aaron Boone after the game, t- 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 lecturing about the closing of the gap? Bro, you haven't been in the World Series? This is not 2002. This is not 2003. Joe Torre could say that. Joe Torre had the audacity to be able to say that because you know what? He won four championships in five years. You haven't won shit. You haven't even taken the Yankees to the World Series. And you replaced the man who got them one win away from a World Series. I know Joe Girardi's not perfect. I know he has his issues. Sure, Joe Girardi runs circles around this manager. This manager needs to go. And if this manager is back next year, I am going to lose my mind. Sweat. <laughs> you mean armpit tears
4: of weakness brought about by poor deodorant choices? Say goodbye to that salty river that floweth from your underarm with Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Made for 24 7 sweat protection with daily use and an undeniable smell of cedar wood and lime. Mmm. Giving you the confidence you need to quit your job, move to a remote island, and spend your days frolicking with dolphins. Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Shop Old Spice now.
2: That was definitely not the night we envisioned, but now it's your turn. It's therapy time. Let's hit the phones. Wow. All right. Now that I got that off my chest, you guys should be fired. Let's lead it off. Where are we going to lead it off? Lane is going to start us up. What's up, Lane? Yes, Lane. Uh, Lane is not ready to go. So we'll go from Lane to Mike. What's up, Mike? Mike, you got me, buddy.
5: JJ, I'm here, buddy. How you doing? There we
2: go. Uh, I've been better. I'm not gonna lie, Mike. I've been better. I've been better.
5: It's it's weird, man. I'm I'm not as mad as I was in 18 and 19. I'm relieved because I feel like this is the end of an era. I think Boone is gone. I think Nevin and Tim's can pack their bags with them, and the whole front office needs to go. Cashman can go, bring in someone new, and if Hal does want to do it, sell a fucking team. It's unbelievable. What gap are we closing? I I don't understand. Boone's press conference at the end of this game was a joke.
2: Well, Mike, let's be honest. It's rather symbolic, quite frankly, of the Aaron Boone era. It is symbolic of the fact of being accepting of what has gone on with the New York Yankees, thinking the Yankees are much better than they actually are and dealing with this debacle and dealing with this embarrassment. I mean, I heard that from Aaron Boone, and I'm like, yeah, Paul for the course. Not the least bit surprised. The Yankees have rocks in their head if they bring this guy back to manage the team. Nice guy, whatever. Team's got worse. They have not gotten better. The great Charlie in Elmhurst
6: is up next. Hello, Charlie. Hey JJ. Oh, I feel sick. Uh, I absolutely feel sick. And I was at the the, the bar, Bodega Bar at the eighty eighth street west. I was fired up and everything, nervous, but my goodness, I'm going to tell you, first on Cole. I mean, to borrow the words from like, uh, you know, Andy from Michigan, he's like, we need how many times in a season, including this one, we needed this fucking win. And Cole stunk up the joint and this one in that first inning. I'm sorry. How the hell are you getting beat by your third and fourth best pitch with a changeup? You're going to get beat. Be with your best. And how the hell you can put away Devers, one and two, and he walks in. He's like, "What? that was an absolute weak, coward-ass move. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to hear from the offseason. He's not – until he wins one, we're going to hear from – I don't give a damn about it. He's going to have a 15-strike guy game, middle middle gym against whatever, Astros, whoever. I mean, he's going to hear. He's going to take the hit. Before I even talk about this match, I will like – well,
2: Charlie, listen, that's what happens when you make north of $30 million a year. That's what happens when you're expected to be the hired gun. You have to deliver in these sort of games. You cannot be getting yanked in the third inning of this game when you give your team absolutely no chance to win. The Yankee bullpen held the fourth down. They did their job. Cold did not. The Yankee lineup did not, and they died like dogs. Let's be honest, Charlie. Right after that film Evan Send, the Yankees were dead. To rights, they showed no pulse, they gave you absolutely nothing on offense. They deserve to lose this game, simply put. They really did.
6: Oh, oh, absolutely. And and JJ 20, I mean, this whole mic, the, 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 the whole microcosm, this whole season, were on full display. Like the Red Sox, you know, they did the little things, the, the Yankees, the whole season, you saw the base running missage. How about that throw, getting thrown out right there? 22 out before this that before that one, 20 katie Sharp. 22 outs on the basis. high with the most in Major League Baseball with the Kansas City Royals. The whole, like, you know, the little things, this team, sloppiness, uh the dumb mistakes, one full display. And that sixth inning, he summed it up all getting why the hell in the hell in the world. I saw Nikki Tutoro in his video as well. high in the world he down two runs. Send around. I don't care about damn Gallo's coming up or whatever. He sucks and everything. Why in the world? It's, you're not down one run. You're down two with the big guy Judge running. It's clueless. Well, Charlie,
2: listen, You you saw the reaction from John Carlos Stanton. Good call as always, buddy. I saw John Carlos Stanton. I was sitting right behind first base. The minute Aaron Judge was running from third to home, he basically screamed, shit screamed it because he knew what the end result was Guy was out by a mile now was joey Gallo gonna come through there in that situation but you, who the hell knows you took all of the pressure off of the red Sox, off of their bullpen and off of their manager for taking nathan avaldi out of the game when let's be honest they had no business taking avaldi out of that game ian is up next what's happening ian Uh, Ian, I'm feeling like crap. I'm not going to lie. This is a terrible way for the season to end. Uh, I wanted to have some more baseball. Not to be, my friend. Not to be. So what's up?
5: So, JJ, I might even get into how
7: bad the offense was or how bad Cole was. I mean, that's been a theme for six weeks now. I want to know, if you're putting your money somewhere, who's the manager opening day next year?
2: That's a great question. That's a great, great question because I'm not fully convinced that the Yankees are going to pull the plug on Aaron Boone. As much as they should, he absolutely should not be back running this team. Um, I still think it's 50-50 whether or not he's the manager. I do think this owner ultimately needs a fall guy. Boone should be the fall guy. I'm going to give you my guess for who the Yankee manager is going to be. Carlos Beltran. I was thinking the same thing, JJ. I was thinking Beltran. I I also think David Cohen would make... He'd be fantastic. Listen, if the Yankees understood what you were looking for out of an analytics standpoint, from a pulse standpoint, you get all of that with Cone. Now, I don't know if that's something David wants to do. Uh, I'd love to have David on the podcast to discuss it. Um, but if they hired David Cone to be the manager, I don't think any Yankee fan is going to complain about that. Not a soul. Yeah, I just, I, I I can't see Boone being the manager opening day. I just, I, I mean, I guess you're right. JJ It's probably 50-50. You got to have a fall guy. Right, and it's it's not gonna be Cashman. We've heard from the Steinburners, they treat him
7: like family. It's got to be Boone. And I mean, the the, the comment about closing the gap—what
8: the fuck are you talking?
2: I mean, any Yankee fan who heard that is like, "What are you? What, what are you smoking, bro? What are you smoking?" It's one thing if you won a World Series a year ago or two years ago, and you want to have that sort of sentiment. in, you know what? You earn that. This manager has not. This team has not. They're way too arrogant. They're way too stuck in their ways. Change. That's the theme of this show. whole lot of change has got to come the way to New York Yankees. Let's head to the great Justin in Floral Park. Justin, my boy, how we doing?
5: Sick to my fucking stomach, brother. I told you before in the pregame, I had a bad feeling in the gut with fucking Evolvi. And this offense did it to me again. Did not show up, bro. Fucking, I've seen this goddamn story night and day. And then Cora has a fucking
2: brain fart takes out of the and 11 sends judge. That send is indefensible. And I could see it from my seats down the first baseline. That ball just missed being a home run. You got all the momentum. I'm saying, hold him, hold him, hold him. You could ask anybody in my section. You could ask the great Caroline Jastrzemski, who is to my left. Hold him, hold him. The idea that that is a justifiable send. I'm sorry, Justin. That is absolute nonsense. And listen, You want to get on the lineup? Fine. You want to get on Cole? Fine. This game is not really entirely on Aaron Boone, but it's symbolic of the Boone era. And now, you know what the lasting image of the Boone era to me is going to be, Justin? The idea now that they've lost to the Red Sox twice in four years at his helm in the postseason. Twice to the Boston freaking Red Sox goodbye and good riddance
5: and Avaldi has done it twice to them I was at fucking game three where he pitched seven innings of no hit of no run ball okay this is the second fucking time this guy shut us down they got it we had so it's just unbelievable JJ changes need to be made and unless the Yankees change their approach with this feast or famine who strikeout machine lineup they're going to be the same shit. They could bring Earl Weaver in here to fucking manage. It won't matter, bro, unless they change to it to being more contact hitters like a fucking Rizzo, who I want back, like uh, bring in fucking Corey Seager at shortstop, and let's fucking go, dude. Get rid of Sanchez. I'm sick of the guy. The guy is not a winning ball player, okay? You need winners on this goddamn team. They okay, bring me Corey Seager, Okay. Cole, I'll give him. I think he was hurt. I really do. I think next year he'll turn it around. I really...
2: Listen, he better turn it around for the amount of money they're paying him. He's got to wear the goat horns for this, though, Justin. He pitched this game. To me, if you're out there on the mound and you're pitching this game, I don't want to hear about injuries. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear about injuries. You can't suck the way that you did. Sorry. I agree.
5: They got to go get another pitcher, though. They have to get another pitcher. They just have to.
2: Well, listen, the Kuber move ended up being a monumental flop. Cooper was very mediocre for the Yankees. Where are the changes coming? Judge, you want on this team? You stuck with Aaron Hicks. Can you go get another outfielder? I mean, I don't want Gallo on this team. If I could find a taker for Gallo in the offseason, I would absolutely do it. Rizzo better be on this team. Fits the team like a glove. He's a lefty, makes contact. He's one of the few that showed up for this game. Rizzo better be on this team. But I think in the infield, well, Mayu is your third baseman. Or is your second baseman and Glaber is gone. Glaber's off shortstop. So it's Glaber at second, DJ at third, bye-bye Gio, or bye-bye Glaber. That's what the Yankees have to figure out. It's fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Andy in the Bronx is up next. Hello, Andy.
8: JJ, I'm, I'm fucking numb.
2: Uh, you and me both, Andy. Listen, I'm a, I can't say I'm shocked, though, and neither can you. With the way this season has gone from a Yankee standpoint – You cannot sit there in good faith and honestly say you expected this team to win a World Series. No way. But I want it tonight. See, that's the thing. I could have dealt with the Yankees, going to Tampa, getting smoked, losing in four, and then we have this conversation in a week. To let the Red Sox do this to you again, I'm sorry. It makes me livid. makes me fucking livid.
8: JJ, my friends kept asking me all day, like, Andy, how do you feel? How do you feel? I said, guys, I don't fucking know, man. Uh, this team could be could blow this team out tonight we could lose fucking two to nothing. But the main thing I said to my friends and, is that, just like Charlie, my boy, and Elmer said, uh, Garrett Cole was the fucking—he was the one that was going to set the tone tonight. And I'm fucking sorry, people. I don't give a fuck about the hamstring. You can't make it out of the third inning and in a fucking elimination game in Boston. I'm sorry. Uh, Cole has lost my respect, man. I'm sorry. This is too many times— He's blown up in these fucking
2: spots. Yeah, he's going to have to earn your trust again. Listen, he can do it. He can do it. He's going to be here for a long time. And let's be fair, Andy. John Carlos Stanton was able to win over the New York Yankee fan. If John Carlos Stanton can win over the Yankee fan, and that's one thing I want to throw out there. I don't want to hear a peep about Stanton. Stanton showed up down the stretch. Stanton played the outfield. Stanton hit the Red Sox. Stanton had a monster wildcard game. Stanton is not the Yankee problem. I don't want to hear about John Carlos Stanton.
8: Then, uh, yeah, he's, he's eliminated all the fucking bad karma from the past. He showed big time tonight. He fucking came to win tonight. And, uh, and my final note, uh, JJ, because a lot of the people want to chime in. Boone has to get fired, man. We need to fucking rid of the soft bullshit. Uh, you know, the fact that we fucking lost games to Tampa. We have got punked so many times. And like you said, losing to Boston again. And I heard Hal Steinbrenner was in the crowd. Good.
2: I hope so, too. Listen, I saw Randy Levine. I saw our buddy Randy Levine when I was in the elevator coming up to the press box. I wanted to almost tell our buddy Randy, hey, Randy, get Boone's ass out of here. Do me a favor. For everybody's sanity, for everybody's sake, good call as always, Andy. Get Boone the hell out. And I would not be opposed to saying goodbye to Brian Cashman, who's had a good run as Yankee general manager. They want to make a change there. I'm not going to fight him on that. All right. I'll be fair. We're in the spirit of fair and balanced around here. One of my good buddies, my old producer extraordinaire, we'll let him go in a little bit, the great Brian Patrick Corley. Hello, Brian. Brian, he's a Red Sox guy, so he's not ready to go, naturally. You got to unmute your microphone, pal. You got to refresh the app and unmute the microphone. Brian, request to speak again. I'll get you back on. We go from Brian to Eric. Eric is up next. What's happening, Eric? Yes, Eric. All right, I'm going to churn through these quick. We got a ton of calls, and we got a lot of people in here. We go from Eric to James. What's up, James? James, what up? James, also not ready to go. Guys, I'm going to be really, really quick. I got a ton of people in here. Scotty's up next. What's up, Scotty? Uh, I don't
9: know what to say, Jay. Everybody stole my thunder.
10: Boom, don't go, bro. I mean... Boom, got to go
9: Cashman. I'm done with these guys. Cashman's been here since Bill Clinton was the president. You know, it's just a long time now. You got to go Garrett Cole completely choked. I mean, it's just an embarrassing loss. The lineup, the got. it's just, I'm sick of these guys, man.
2: Yeah, listen, this team, think about this, Scott. This was a team that four years ago, five years ago, felt full of promise felt like there was talent galore. It felt like they were going to be a factor in the American League for a long, long time. They have not gotten to a World Series. Forget about winning a World Series, Scott. They have not gotten to a World Series and they've won one division title in that span. So when I hear Aaron Boone talking about closing the gap, hold on a second, bro. What gap are you closing? You're you're letting the Rays and the Red Sox be in the division every year. Toronto's right up your rear end, and Toronto was better than the Yankees down a stretch. And if they played the Yankees in game 163, they would absolutely smoke them. There's not a doubt in my mind. How do you have the audacity to talk about closing the gap when you have not won a darn thing?
9: You know, I I hate to say it. I'm on I know a lot of Cowboys fans in here. We're becoming the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. All this money and soccer. we suck. Can't, we can't win the big games.
2: Let's head to Bradley. What's up, Bradley? Bradley. Hey, J- hey, JJ, can you hear me? I got you, bud. What's going on, man?
3: Hey, yeah, just a couple things. I mean, my God. I mean, what a frustrating night it was, man. I mean, you can't even make out the damn third inning and you can't even like, like do nothing. I mean that, I mean, this was a pathetic as pathetic can be from Garrett Cole. And I mean, I know we're with him for several more years to come, but, man, he's going to do a lot to earn the trust back from this fan base and going forward for the years to come. You know what I mean?
2: I totally get that, Bradley. Now, look, it's twofold. Garrett Cole in big starts last year was money. Now, it's a little different. You're not pitching in front of nobody. There's packed houses. You're seeing a team a bunch throughout 162 games. You know, last year in a 60-game season, you're facing the same opponent maybe once, twice, three times, give or take. He faced the Red Sox five or six times. You might have to face a team like that in the postseason. Cole is going to have to wear this. When you think about goat horns for the Yankees and players on this team, there's no question about it. He's number one on the list. I love the dude. I love what he brought to the Yankees last year. He had a terrific regular season, but he stunk in September. He was even worse here in this playoff start. And when the Yankees needed him the most, he failed miserably. Point blank.
3: Larry, the last several starts, they were just so bad. But I'll just say one last thing, too. I'm never speaking ill ever again about Stan. What this guy did this year, him and Judge fully healthy. I mean, my God. I mean, I will never speak ill of Stan ever again going forward. I mean, what a, what a workhorse this guy was for us the last, especially the last several weeks for us for during the regular season.
2: Well, Bradley, think about it. You got Stanton playing the outfield. You had him playing basically every day. Appreciate the call. And he carried the team. The Yankees got a ton, a ton out of Aaron Judge and they got a ton out of John Carlos Stanton and they couldn't even make it to the division series. Let that sink in for a minute. The great you is up next. You, my boy. What's happening, brother?
10: What's up, JJ? Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah,
2: sad day. I mean, no other way around it, bro. It started with a lot of promise. You know, professionally speaking, I'm all giddy. I'm on the field. I'm doing the MLB network. And to go from the highs to highs to the lowest to lows, it sucks, bro. It absolutely sucks.
10: Yeah, I, I was at that game on Saturday too. By the way, I was telling you about fucking twelve-two game at the Rays A joke. That was anyway. I mean, just from that to like now, it's just like I don't know. Like I said, I, I like just since yeah, you guys were just talking about Stan, like he literally carried the team. He had twenty home runs since August third. You know, he led the league in, in average, I think, and RBIs. He had fifty-two RBIs. So like anyone that wants to talk shit about him, just go kick rocks because even tonight he would have hit like three home runs probably in Yankee Stadium if that game was in Yankee Stadium. Which then it turns me to why the Yankees and their mentality and their philosophy of this like going about their business, like this, that, and the other, like, you know, like look at those, like trying to set up their team. Like look at those three games. Like there's so many games you can look at this year that like cost them that fucking game at home. Like you can go back to like the sweep when they got swept by the fucking Tigers when they didn't want to play their best players. You can go back to the losses against the Orioles. Like it's just like the mentality of this like pussification, like that comes from Boone and like just like, I'm not even, like I said, like, I know everyone's saying, like, I'm not shocked by this. I mean, I'm, 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 I don't am i want to say shocked. I guess that's the wrong word. But, like, I could see it happening is what I could say. Like, Oh,
2: you, no question. What have I been saying for the last couple weeks on these dream rooms and on the podcast? It's the idea of this season is going to end in a painful way. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I actually thought it was going to be in a more excruciating type of way. Like, this wasn't an excruciating loss. This was an ass whooping. This was a beatdown. But what bothers me more than anything about this particular game and this particular season is that the Yankees die like dogs again to the Red Sox. I am sick and tired of the Red Sox embarrassing the Yankees. And if I own this team and I were in a hierarchy position, how do you sit there if you're a Hal time if you're sitting in your luxury suite, if you're sitting behind that third base dugout, how in God's name do you sit and watch this product, get punked by the Red Sox again, and not say that, you know what? I got to make changes. If dad was around, dad would be getting rid of just about everybody. And I'm not asking how Steinbrenner would be his father, you. Because you know what? He doesn't have to be his father. But there is a certain standard that needs to be met when you run the New York Yankees. And right now, it ain't good enough, bro. It ain't good enough.
10: It's it's just like and then that's the other thing to touch about it. Like, not only is it the Red Sox, but they're getting punked by another guy that worked for the fucking Rays with Hein Bloom. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, how many fucking times are you going to let this happen? Like, I don't understand it. And like, I'm terrified about next year because like the fucking Blue Jays are coming, dude. Like, they are coming. Oh,
2: dude, the Blue Jays are coming. The Red Sox are going to spend. This was supposed to be a retooling. Yeah, exactly. Rebuilding, retooling year. And they're beating you in a wild card game. So they're going to add to their team. They're going to get better, and Temp is good every year. If the Yankees stay status quo, they get what they deserve. They get what they deserve. I can't stress that enough. Jack's up next. Jack, let's go, baby. What do you got? What do you think the future of this team is? Like, in 2017, you think this
11: team might be a dynasty, and now four or five years later, this team's gone backwards.
2: It's incredibly disheartening. That's, that's what it boils down to. It's incredibly disheartening. You saw signs of that last year. And I warned of this. When I was doing radio last year, for those of you listening to me at the old gig, I was not content with the season the Yankees had. I know it was a 60-game season, COVID, weird year, yada, yada, yada. But the Yankees basically were entitled. They got punked by the Rays. They lost to the Rays. They basically brought the exact same team back, except they didn't bring Tanaka back, which was a monumental mistake. And they got worse. They finished in third place this year. They lose in the wildcard game. They're not even playing in the division series. The sense of arrogance, Jack, for a team that has done diddly squat over the last four years is embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing.
11: Yeah, and you're right about the division getting a lot better. The Blue Jays are probably going to—they might be a 101 win team The Blue next.
2: Jays are loaded. And if they commit to spending money, they're scary. The Rays are scary. The Red Sox are scary. To assume the Yankees are going to be back. The Yankees need wholesale changes. Listen, I want to think that this is going to be a wake-up call for them. I really do. I got to see that first. I really do. Let's hit the Chris. He's up next. Hey Chris, Chris, going once. I got you, buddy. What's up,
7: JJ? What's up, man?
2: Uh, hanging in there, Chris. We're hanging in there. What's up? What's going on?
7: Yeah, J- yeah, JJ. A few things. So f- five years of this of this playoff losses bullshit. I mean, I can't take it anymore. I've been a Yankee. Can't, can't I can't take anymore. Like a few few guys can go off this team. Chad Green, he can go. Gary Sanchez can go. Montgomery, he can go too.
1: And Gallo can go.
2: Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on three of the four. I'm fine with Sanchez gone. I'm fine with Green gone. I'm fine with Gallo gone. Uh, Joe Montgomery was a good Yankee this year. Joe Montgomery pitched well for this team, aside from his last start against the Rays. I got no problem with Montgomery back on this team. So you're three for four.
7: Yeah. Okay. But all right. So. Uh, J.J., you think that um, they could put uh, a free agent shortstop like Corey Seager and then put LeMahieu back in second and then Gio stays at third and then get rid of Torres?
2: Uh, What are you doing at first base? Bring a Rizzo back? Um, Well, here's the question. What do the Yankees think about the big league readiness of their top prospect, Anthony Volpe? If they think Volpe's ready to go right now and the next year, You're not giving a shortstop a big contract. You're getting a guy who can pick it. You're getting a better version of Andrew Velasquez. I think the decision for the Yankees, assuming they bring Rizzo back, which they absolutely should, it's Glaber or Gio. I think one of those two guys is off the team. That's my thought. Let's head to the great Andrew in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. He's up next. Hello, Andrew. What's happening, pal?
4: I mean, let's be honest here, John. Who's the tough guy on this team? Who's the guy that's going to get a big hit in a big spot? Uh Torres, Gallo, Higashioka, Urshela, Hicks. He's in the witness protection program. We don't even know where he is. Sanchez didn't even play. He's on the frigging bench chewing tobacco. I mean, give me a break. Stop. The Yankees weren't a top team in the division. They weren't a top team in the American League. They had Tampa, Toronto, Boston ahead of them all year. The Yankees were lucky even to be in this game. Let's be honest. Let's keep it real.
2: I don't disagree with that. Andrew, I do not disagree with that. And that's why if you are dumb enough to be in that front office thinking they are okay and right where they need to be, you're a damn fool. You are a damn fool. And listen, the manager didn't lose them this game entirely. Cole did and the lineup did. This manager shouldn't be back. There should be major personnel changes on this team. And how do you get better is the question. You got monster years at a judge and Stanton and you barely made the playoffs. Let that sink in for a minute. If I told you, Andrew, you were getting this year out of Judge, and he'd play this much. You were getting this year out of Stanton, he'd play this much. What would you have thought going into the year? Yankees yeah, is going to win 105 games. That's what I would have thought.
4: Absolutely. But at the same time, you got to look at the division. Tampa's a stud. Toronto's really good. Look at Guerrero. Look at um, uh, the, the shortstop they got there, Bo Bichette. These guys are studs, man. Boston was in first place for a majority of the year. You know, this isn't a rinky-dink division. You know, the Yankees got Garrett Cole. They paid him whatever, $350 million. He was doing spider attack for two years in Houston. That's how he got that contract. And what did he do today? Nothing. Garbage. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all the Yankees lost. Boston was the better team all year, and Boston deserved to win.
2: Well, and you know what? And Boston's got some balls, too. And it starts with their manager. And their manager made a boo-boo today in taking Evaldi out of the game. I thought that was going to give the Yankees life. I thought it was going to give the Yankees a chance to get back into the ballgame. But you can see, that team is so much more crisp. They have an edge to them. They've taken on the personality of their manager. I've said that all year. Even though they have some shortcomings and they're far from perfect, Alex Cora has squeezed every last ounce of talent out of that team. The Yankees, on the other hand, they have not. They have underachieved. They need change. They need massive change, Andrew. It's tough to take. It's tough to deal with. But that's the reality leaving Fenway Park tonight. The Yankees have a long way to go. And this idea that the gap is closed, nonsense. The Yankees got to be the ones closing the gap.
4: Absolutely. You look at Devers and Bogarts. These guys are like Manny and David Ortiz without the steroids. These guys are studs. Am I surprised Bogarts hit a home run off Cole? No. The guy's a fucking superstar. All right? It's not that surprising. Going forward, John, on Thursday, moving along here. Give me Tampa. I'm going to lay the one eight minus 180 against Boston in game one. McClanahan's been really good for Tampa. They got their bullpen set up. And John, if you look at that game on Thursday, uh, the Rays are minus 180 on the money line, but they're uh, on the run line, minus one and a half runs. They're plus 115. That's telling me it's going to be a close game, a four, three game, a five, four game. Give me the Rays. I'm going to lay the 180 on Thursday, John, against Boston.
2: Yeah, I can understand that, Andrew. Now, the only concern I'd have, bud, appreciate it. The only concern is Boston ride this momentum into Tampa Bay on Thursday with Tampa sitting for the last couple of days. You're right about the observation that you made. And the books must have cleaned up, by the way, because everybody bet the Yankees. They kept jacking that lineup. I thought they were waiting for Red Sox money. Now, they just got more Yankee money and, and cleaned up. So good for them. They made money. Good for them. Uh, Tampa's going to win that series. Boston will be competitive, but they're going to win that series. Uh, Sam joins us. What's up, Sammy? Yes, Sam. Uh, Sam's gone. All right, let's take a couple more. You guys are bringing the heat. Uh, David joins us. What's up, David? Yes, David. Uh, David's not there. Guys, I'm going to run real quick. Rapid fire. So you got to be ready. Matt joins us. What's up, Matty? What's up, JJ? Matt, what's going on, man?
11: Hey, man, look, to me, this is just an identity crisis through and through for the whole team. It's an identity crisis coming into the game tonight. Everybody was already talking about even if we win, we're going to lose to Tampa in the next series. Like we're not the fucking Yankees with 27 rings. We used to never take stuff like this. We never used to be okay with the idea that we're going to lose to a team that has to split its home field between the U.S. and another country next year. Because they don't even have a fan base. like We never used to accept these things. Like We're we're going to be able to accept a loss tonight against a team that's clearly inferior to us and that has overperformed all year. But it's an identity crisis with the whole organization because we got a manager in Boone who comes out and won't even take the the thing that bothered me about his quote tonight about everybody else catching up to him. The guy won't even accept the fact that, no, we underperformed. But it's not that maybe maybe it's not that the rest of the league has caught up to the Yankees. Maybe it's the fact that the Yankees have underperformed and that he's doing a poor job. The players are doing a poor job. It's just an, a, an entire identity crisis with the whole organization. We've got guys like Cashman and Levine who have been around forever, and everything needs to change. This isn't the Yankees that I remember. This isn't it at all.
2: Matty, I'm not fighting you on any of that. There has become over the years this sort of acceptance of losing. The postseason to a crapshoot. It's about 162. Well, here's the reality: the Yankees have built the team for 162, and this year they weren't even that good. Over 162. Let that sink in. Richard Connecticut, what's up, Richie? Yes, Rich. Rich. JJ, what's up, man? Rich, what's going on, dude?
5: Listen, watching the game tonight, listen, Aaron says a lot of kooky, crazy things, but one thing he was right about tonight was, and almost what the last call was about identity. The Yankees, listen, they don't need to go out and spend $300 million, but they need to become the Yankees again and go sign some big players. The, you know, to me, getting a Marte and a Seager, I, I think would go a long way of balancing the lineup out. Um, what do you think about that?
2: Uh, I would love Seager on this team. Now, what is Seager looking for? And what's the plan with a guy like Seager? Because I don't think he can play shortstop over the next five years. Are you looking to transition a guy like Seager to a different position? Maybe. The gut feel, Rich, is that if they go and sign a guy like Seager, they're saying goodbye to Rizzo, which is a mistake. And they shouldn't look at it that way. Like, they should want to have both of those guys on their team to provide real balance throughout the lineup. But LeMayu's going to be here. And is Gleyber Torres going to be here? Is Jeurys Shell going to be here? These are questions the Yankees got to figure out. You know, Void's going to be gone. There's a good chance that Sanchez is going to be gone. But I think you have to figure out within your infield who are the keepers and when is a guy like Volpe going to be ready to play shortstop? If it's next year, then you know what—you're not signing Seager for four or five years. You're not.
5: Right. I I I don't think Volpe is definitely ready for next year.
2: Well, I don't know the answer to that question, quite frankly, Rich. Appreciate the call. I don't know. I know the Yankees really like him. That's all well and good. It's alarming where they stand right now. I know this guy's going to be giddy. Uh, He was in the building tonight. I didn't get a chance to see him. I was here, there, and everywhere. The great Jeremy uh, in Boston. Hello, Jeremy. What's up, pal? John, can you hear me? I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. I can hear you all the way from the sit sign. Will you... Were you singing Sweet Caroline, you sick son of a bitch? Oh, yes, I was. I'm on my way home now, driving home. Never felt
1: better. Haven't felt better since 2004. The last time I was in the building for a Yankee playoff game was 2004, game four, Dave Roberts stole second, and the rest is
2: history. And here I am 17 years. Did we lose the J-man? He was in his glory. I was letting him gloat, and I think we lost him. Here's the reality. And, Jay, man, I'll punch you back up in a minute. The Yankee-Red Sox dynamic has totally flipped and has totally changed. That's sickening. Hector is up next. What's up, Hector? JJ. Hi, Hector.
5: Hi, Hector. What's going on, What's man? Going on man? How you doing, buddy? You don't got to sound so bad. I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to gloat. I told you earlier I wasn't all out rooting for your Yankees. But, you know. For you, I wouldn't have minded you seeing you guys move on.
2: Yeah, listen, it sucks. I mean, you know the deal, bro. When you put your heart and soul into this and you watch 162, to see it come crashing down the earth in one game against your arch rival where your ace spits the bit and could not have pitched any worse and your lineup scores two runs, Hector, it was not a pleasant night. Make no mistake, it was not a pleasant night.
5: Absolutely not. Not for you, not for my buddies who took the drive down to Boston. I feel bad for them, too. But listen, I mean, you, you nailed it, and I'm listening to you guys. And at the end of the day, man, when you got your ace on there, the guy that you're spending all this money on, you got to get a better performance. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can you can blame the manager. You know, and I'll just talk about managing. I, you know, I got to give Cora credit, man. Managers, we're in an era right now where managers are dismissed, and this guy is just dynamite to me, man. The way the guy talks the game, the way he handles games, I mean, he questioned the Rivaldi move, but the way he explained it after the game, I totally understood what he was saying. So, you know, I give him credit and, and, and I kind of think, man, I'm listening to you Yankee fans and I know it's tough, but this might've been the best thing that happened for you guys. You know, from your old gig, like you said, I, I never liked the move from Boone to, I mean, from Girardi to Boone. I never understood it. And, and, and you said, you know, you guys have regressed. So I know this doesn't feel good, but it might be the best thing. And I'm interested to hear you say Belchon because everybody talks Belchon for the Mets and that, uh, you know, you mentioned it for you guys. Might not be a bad move.
2: Might not be a bad move. Well, Hector, think about it. The Yankees know Carlos Beltran, my friend, very, very well. Carlos Beltran played for the Yankees, was a special advisor for the Yankees. He's got a badass quality to him. I would not be opposed to Beltran being the next manager of this team. All right, former big leaguer, Johnny Rodriguez, checking in once again. Johnny, boy, not the night we envisioned, my friend. Not the night we envisioned.
9: JJ, the fact that you, you sound more positive than I am, I mean, that says in its own right. Oh, man. I mean, I'm just a little bit, I wouldn't say devastated, but as far as, like, a, li- a little bit bothered by the way that they went with it. I mean, come on now, like, boom. You got to, like, get get the game going more. I mean, they did, they did not look, JJ, like all the stars outside of outside of um Staten was just pretty much was range of motion out here. Like, it just really got me as far as in the edge of my seat, just cringing the entire time. And as a fan that I am, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I know everybody want to talk about next year, but at the same time, we just have to dwell about with the moment and realize that, look, this is the Yankees that we have seen. 462 games leading into today's game. This is a, a do or die game. And if there's one thing about the manager from the other side is that, look, the man has never lost a series as a manager.
2: That's a great point. He knows how to win these sort of games. And you know what else he knows how to do, John? Beat the New York Yankees when it matters the most.
9: And shockingly very well, even in his days with the Astros. He just knows how to maneuver his way as far as how to get each and every ounce out of the opposing team's manager, which, of course, it will be with the Yankees in here. And he, he just knows how to perfect it. I mean, as much as I hate to admit this, kudos to the guy for doing so. And back as far as with our, with our Yankees, I mean, yeah. We, we, we definitely need to do something as far as with Boone. I texted Randy. This guy left me on red, by the way. And I heard you, you said that he was in the stadium. So that just says everything I need to know about him.
2: Well, listen, John, I can tell you, though, point blank, the service in that stadium was so bad at game time. I'm shocked I was able to fire off a couple of tweets. It was so bad. I couldn't get in touch with anybody. I'm trying to get a hold of Sarudi, for goodness sakes. We had trouble there as far as just getting in. It was a nightmare. You're going to hear back, but here's what I need to hear. Appreciate it. Love hearing your voice. The Yankees need wholesale change. This team, this core, it's rotten. It's vile. It's rotten. I'm taking two more, and then we're saying goodbye, because honestly, I got to get the hell out of here. Michael joins us. Hello, Michael. Yes, Michael. Michael going once. Uh, Michael going twice. All right. Michael's not there. All right. I'm taking two more before we say goodbye. Two more. So my advice, don't suck. Romeo. What's up, buddy? Romeo. Romeo. What are we going by these days, bro? He's not ready to go. All right. I'm taking two more and then I'm out. Aaron. What's up, Aaron?
10: All right. Hey, can you hear me?
2: I got you, buddy. What's going on?
10: Um, which one hurt you more, the Knicks playoff
2: loss or this? Oh, my God. This one by a mile. The Knicks overachieved. The Knicks weren't any good. The Yankees hurt me a lot more because of what the expectations were at the beginning of the year. I mean, let's be honest. The Knicks, the, the Knicks were expected to win 20 games. It's not even not enough a debate. I, I slept very easy tonight. The, the Knicks lost. I have to be perfectly honest with you because I didn't think they were any good. I, I wanted them to win that Hawks series. I also knew they were getting smoked the next series anyway. Baseball's a little different than the NBA, Aaron. You know what I mean? Baseball, you get hot, you can win in the postseason. The NBA, if you're not one of the three or four best teams, you're cooked. You're cooked.
10: Also, this Garrett Cole thing kind of reminded me of Julius Randle because what what Randle got exposed in the playoffs was that he's not a number one guy. He's not like a Giannis, LeBron, Katie. He's He should be a sidekick. Maybe Garrett Cole's just... I mean, he's a great pitcher, and he might be a Hall of Famer. He's like borderline Hall of Famer right now, but maybe his ideal role is as the, the number two guy like he was with the Astros.
2: Well, Aaron, see, no, 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 no. See, that's where you, you're dead wrong. You're paying him $35 million a year. I don't want to hear about Derek Cole being a number two. He's making $35 million a year. You got to go and dominate. That is unacceptable. Sorry, I am not going to tolerate that. I, I, I am not going to tolerate that. Hammer. Hit me, Hammer. What's up, buddy?
7: JJ, what's going on, brother?
2: Hi, Hammer. What's up, pal? I got you. Yeah.
7: We need to talk about Garrett Cole. The guy's making $36 million.
2: Thirty-six, $36 million. $36 My mistake. I said 35 My mistake.
7: 36 Oh, $36 million a year. He gives us two innings, four hits, three earned runs, and he asks for himself to get pulled. He says, I'm done. Yank me out of this game. Are you fucking kidding me? From this
2: guy. Hammer. Did Cole, did Cole actually give the Yankees the look that he needs to get taken out of the game? I did not see that.
7: He looked, JJ, he looked into the dugout. They came out and, and ESPN zoomed in on his face and he said, I'm done. I'm out. He said those words. I'm done.
2: Well, to be honest, Hammer should have never been in the game. If that's the case, he should have never been in the game. And I know it's uh, you want to be a hero. You want to gut it out. You're making a lot of money. If you're going to pitch like that, I'd rather not see a pitch, personally.
7: But it's unbelievable. But the guy's making $36 million a year. You cannot do that. And then his excuse post game was, goes, listen, I knew I didn't have it. I knew I was done. We had to get a guy in there like Clay Holmes or LeWise to, to get a double play to get us out of that inning. Like, wh- I, I, ha- I don't have any explanation for that. I don't understand.
2: Listen, he's going to have to hear it all off season, and I don't want to hear about hamstrings, and I don't want to hear about injuries, and I don't want to hear about spite attack. Garrett Cole, in his biggest start in a Yankee uniform, urinated all over himself. Simple as that. Simple as that. I'm going to let you gloat to say goodbye, Jeremy, in Boston. You're going to be our last caller because you know what? I think the night deserves you. We lost you, pal. So finish with a bang, please.
1: Yeah, uh, sorry about that. I lost you. I lost you uh, to a call coming in. The calls are just flowing in with Red Sox Red Sox Nation here on my way home at out of Boston. But uh, but I wanted to, as much as I would love to uh, to keep gloating and, and let this all soak in, what I did love about the game, and you can
2: appreciate this too, there's a buzz back. There was a buzz back at Fenway that I haven't noticed in years. Major buzz, and I think it was this anticipation and this excitement for a one-game playoff. But before you say goodbye... Here's what the Yankee fan has to understand now. And this is for the bobs of the world who like to wave pom-poms and say no big deal when you lose games in April, May, June, July, and August. The Yankees right now are owned by the teams in this division. Tampa has eaten their lunch. The Red Sox have eaten their lunch. The Yankees have not won a title in over a decade. The Red Sox have won two in that span. And not only that, Jeremy, they've beaten the Yankees now twice in the postseason twice under this manager's watch. If this manager is back next year, I am blowing a fucking gasket whenever I get that news. I'm telling you that right now. I am going to blow an absolute fucking gasket. He had better be fucking gone. I I
1: can't see him back. I I really don't. You know, I don't watch every game like you do on the Yankee side, but I, I told you when it happened, I couldn't believe they went to Chad Green there to get Devers in the seventh. And then Verdugo gets the big hit that really broke the game open. Uh, To me, I thought you you got to have Chapman ready there as a left-hander, or or
2: uh, or you you know better than I. But there's a couple other lefties out there. I thought Wandy, where's Wandy? Wandy got every big out down the stretch. How does he not pitch in this game?
1: Where was Wandy? I was afraid of Wandy, and I didn't see him out there once. And I just thought Chad Green, you know, Devers hit a rocket, and I thought that that matchup was terrible for the Yankees.
2: It was terrible. But again, symbolic for the way that Boone manages a bullpen. And now you can enjoy Tampa. And listen, I know you cashed in tonight. I know you're in a good mood. Um, And make sure you give it to Bobs from Brooklyn for me. Because you know what? He deserves it. He deserves it for the rah-rah nonsense. And you know what? He got on me. Let me tell you something about this guy. He's one of our best friends, the great Jeremy in Boston. I got to hear this clown basically bash me for killing the team when they deserve to be killed all year and he's waving pom poms, you know what? Take those pom poms and stick them up your fanny. That's what you should do. Okay? I don't wanna hear it. Jeremy, good stuff, buddy. Love you. I mean, I, I, I can't, man. I can't. I can't hear from the Yankee apologist tonight. This was therapeutic. This was great. Spotify Green Room, this is the fucking future, baby. Sorry, I'm throwing a lot of profanity out there right now. I'm just letting it all hang out. It's a safe space, you know? If you're offended, honestly, Take a lap. I'm a lap. You know, I'm a lap. All right. I'm going to try to get to sleep. I got to play golf tomorrow. I'm probably going to play like crap. I had so much fun in that Spotify green room. I really didn't. But I had fun with you guys. You know, it's like we grieved together. That was needed. Coming up next, Danny Heifetz, who's going to help us grieve even more and maybe give us some giant excitement. That's up next. So the Spotify green room reaction was incredible. Uh, We had a ton of people in there. It was a great venting session. I I wish it was on better terms. Let the venting continue. We go from the cast of thousands to the uh, voice of the fantasy football show, Ringer NFL, and uh, the leader now of the Daniel Jones Fan Club, which we'll get to in a minute. What's up, Danny Heifetz? You hanging in there, buddy? Oh
0: my God, am I hanging in there? First of all, that green room was a was an, a masterpiece. It was like watching Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. Was, I mean, the, honestly, it was the highlight okay. of my night. It look was look better you than anything on, else kissing, I saw today.
2: You're, you're kissing my fanny right out of the gate, baby. I Listen, it, I needed it, to be honest with you, Danny. With the way that game went, with the way this season has gone, sometimes you just got to let it all hang out and to have folks right there with me doing the same thing is an absolute thing of beauty. Well, listen, this team was not good. They were not good all year. They suckered us back in a variety of different times. This kind of ended in a fitting way, if you really think about this 2021 Yankee season.
0: 100%. They did not deserve to win the game. It's almost, in a way, you get more closure because it's not like when they lost to the Astros a few years ago, and you're like, oh, what could have happened? They deserve to lose the game, and I'm so glad it finally came up at the end of that session you just did with the moment for me where I was screaming at my television was Chad Green coming into the game to face the heart of the Red Sox order. Like, what is a more basic thing than don't do what the other team wants you to do? Chad Green has melted down the final two months of the season, and you put him in there to face Devers. Look, sometimes the save isn't in the ninth. Sometimes it's in the eighth. In the wild card, sometimes it's in the seventh. That was the game. I understand the, the judge, the send, happened earlier, but keeping it a three-run game, this team had the most comebacks in the entire league this season. I didn't feel it was over. It was. I was upset, but I didn't think it was over when it was a three-run lead. Putting Chad Green it before he gave up the hits, I was like, "This is over." The Red Sox fans knew it. I I went from like, you know what? They've done it before. The eighth inning, nothing's going to happen. The the the, the fourth through nine hitters are useless. Let's see if Rizzo, Judge, Stanton can do something. And then they, he didn't give
2: them a fair shot. Insane. And you have a guy like Peralta, who's gotten so many big outs for you, who's been super clutch down the stretch. You got two out of three lefties. Where's Wandy Peralta? Now again, that was awful. The Yankees weren't coming back in this game. They did absolutely nothing on offense. Aside from Rizzo, aside from Stanton, the bats were completely dead. But you know this, Danny. Cole is wearing the goat horns more than anybody. That's just the way it goes. When you make $30-plus plus million a year, I don't want to hear about a hamstring. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about that. It is game 163. It's winner-take-all for the wild card. You are Garrett Cole. You are the higher gun. You cannot basically limp out of this game in the bottom half of the third inning. I'm sorry. You just cannot and think you're going to get away with it. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear the excuses.
0: I 100% agree. Like, look, obviously, look, Nate Avaldi was who Cole was supposed to be. Like, Bingo. Bingo. But here's the flip side. I'm also not worried about Garrett Cole next year. If Giancarlo Stanton can stay, change
5: my mind, Yeah, you nailed Cole it. Will. I agree
2: with that. That's fair. Yeah. Because you know what? Stanton actually had more of a malign narrative than oh, Cole yeah. did. And you and I, listen, I'm going to own it now with Stanton. The guy balled out this year. I was wrong about him, too. He played the field. He was clutch. He had big hits against the Red Sox. Like, the John Carlos Stanton hate has got to subside here this offseason. I think Cole can bounce back, but now it's a question. Can he perform and can he deliver in big games? I cannot say without hesitation, Danny, oh, he's a guarantee to do that because this is the biggest start of his Yankee career, and he was dreadful.
0: Dread. That'll hang on him, but like that's gonna be there. But I also am not convinced that the one game yet means he's a structural. He's not Clayton Kershaw at the Dodgers yet, where all the fans, when you do it four or five times in a row, and you're like, oh my God, does our best pitcher suck in the playoffs? I'm not there yet at all. Uh, the structural problem with this team is that the only two guys that get the offense going are Judge and Stanton. And when Rizzo was going, it's Rizzo, Judge, Stanton. I mean, the, the four through nine hitters had one hit today, it went three feet. I don't, I guess my question to you is. How does that change? I I think it's kind of easy to see how Garrett Cole in the next, what what have we got, nine more years of Garrett Cole? I'm, I'm pretty, it's easy for me to envision the turnaround. I don't understand how this lineup changes philosophically or logistically or financially into the lineup away from the just nine power hitters The three true outcome thing, which just the Yankees have taken to this extreme where they can't string together wins and series in the playoffs. How do you get away from that when you're going to have to pay Judge? You're already paying Stanton. Cole's, I mean, Stanton and Cole are half a billion dollars. You're going to have to pay Judge. You're going to have to pay Rizzo. How do they build the four through nine spots in the lineup?
2: It's a fascinating question. And you have to decide on the future of a guy like Gleyber Torres, who clearly is not a shortstop, looks a lot more comfortable at second base. But okay, you're going to take a guy like Gleyber and move him to second then what are you doing at shortstop? What are you doing at third base? Is that what you DG do with the Because you got to put Rizzo at and first. And listen, Rizzo has to be brought back on this team. Yes. He's a lefty, provides balance. He's a good glove. He's, he's a coach. He fits the Yankees to a T. So if Rizzo's coming back, I'm going to get a lot of calls from Yankee fans, Danny, talking about shortstop. I don't think the Yankees are going big game hunting for a shortstop if Anthony Rizzo's back on this team. So what does that mean? That means either Guevara Torres or Giro Urshela is not a Yankee in 2022. Or both,
0: because if you're going to put LeMahieu at second, you're going to do Rizzo at first. Quite honestly, I'm also sick of collecting these guys into their like late 30s, because eventually if you're paying all these guys 20, 30 million dollars a year, eventually more than Stanton's just going to have to DH. And that's kind of where I get frustrated sometimes is like you can't collect too many of those guys that three years down the road are all going to have to all going to have to be. They can't be everyday fielders. And Rizzo has to come back. LeMay Hughes signed, but I just don't understand how they get. Like, we needed more DJ LeMay Hughes in this world. The guys with the ice in their veins who, what was it? a year or two ago, he had the same average with runners on scoring position that he did in the regular season. That kind of ice in your veins. Need more of those hitters and less of the Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is like a cool I'm a a fantasy disaster. football guy. And you know He's what? a cool fantasy baseball There's player. no not way he
2: should be back on this team next year. He's a free agent. He hits for a ton of power. He's a good glove. You will find a taker for Joey Gallo in the offseason if you put a little effort into it. Gallo, there's no way in the world I want him back on this team after what I saw over two, two and a half months. Like, Rizzo won me over. Rizzo fits the Yankees like a glove. Gallo, on the other hand, is exactly what's wrong with the New York Yankees, basically in a nutshell. He's everything that's wrong with the Yankees. I'll tell you what bothered me more than anything tonight, though. What bothered me more than anything tonight it's not the warts and the flaws of this team. I knew they had them. This is not yes. news. This is not a surprise. Cole, listen, Cole, urinating all over himself, stunk. Don't get me wrong. But here's the biggest kicker, more than anything, Hyphens. The Yankees now have been owned by the Red Sox. That's yeah. the reality. Since 2004, in any game that matters, now twice in the postseason since far they have sent the Yankees packing. That narrative... That, no matter what happens for Boston against Tampa. Now, I think they're going to lose to Tampa, but who knows? Maybe they get hot. They've had these wacky playoff runs in the past that will make me sick. Whatever. Needless to say, win or lose for the Red Sox, they feel good about their season. The Yankees, on the other hand, they feel like crap, and they have this cloud of the Red Sox continuing to hover over the franchise. That bothers me more than anything.
0: Here's the truth. After... Alexander Alexander the Great was Macedonian. And for like centuries after Alexander the Great died and his empire died with him, Macedonians still thought they were the center of the world. That's the Yankees right I now. like
2: this analogy, by like the way. The Yankees, I never expected to hear Alexander the Great. This actually like, put me in a good
0: mood. We're Macedonia. Like we think we're still the center of the world. And I hate this because I bet Bill Simmons is listening, and I kinda hate that I'm saying in Red Sox it fans' can listen me. To this. And
2: the fact that he's giddy and now can hold this over my head for the rest of the winter makes it even that much worse. But the that truth is
0: that the Yankees like the, the, the Boone's close the gap comment to me speaks so much to the, the, the a Yankee centric view of the world let's that is just it. not let's true. Hear it.
2: Have you heard, let's hear the bit. Sarudi, so let me hear this because I saw the tweet. Uh, I'm at the ballpark right now. I have not heard it. So let's hear that. Let's hear that bit from Aaron Boone tonight. Let's hear it, Heifetz.
7: The leagues close the gap on us. You know, we got to get better. We got to we got to get, you know, better um, at, at in every aspect at just getting a little bit better, you know, because it's not just the Red Sox and the Astros now in our league. You know, I mean, look at our division. The Rays are a beast. The Toronto and, you know, the, there's some teams in the Central that are, that are getting better and better teams in the West that are better and better teams that have closed the gap on us. And, you know, that needs to be, you know, front and center as guys prepare uh, in the off season and get ready for, for spring training next year that, you know, we've got to get
2: better. See, this is my problem with that statement. You haven't won shit. You haven't made a world series. You want to hear that comment from, I don't know, the Cubs after 2016. Sure. The Astros after 2017, sure. You haven't won. Close the gap? You got to be the team closing the gap on everybody. I hear that, fits that's, that's exactly the sort of arrogance and nonsense that you're getting from the Yankees all the time. And I'm sorry, it bothers me.
0: Forget closing the gap. You should be watching the gap because this team just got hit by the 7 train or whatever trains run in Boston. Like Amtrak, I don't know. Like, it's, it's so disheartening because... What the Yankees have been chasing this whole time, and to and thing that le- got left out about the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, those teams are younger. Like, Bo Xander is the same age as Judge, but Devers is like seven years younger than Giancarlo. The Blue Jays have, I mean, Semyon's like 30, but like Vlad Bichette are all like 23, 24
2: years old. Frightening. Now, I had you on the pod to. Give us a little Yankee therapy, but we know your bread and butter. The Giants got their first win of the year. Daniel Jones, I think, played his best game in an NFL uniform. Are you starting to buy in on this quarterback? Yes or no? Where are you right now from a confidence level? One being the lowest, 10 being the highest with the Dookie. I
0: think the most honest answer I could give you is that my complete lack of hope in the Yankees, now I have to believe in something, right? Oh, uh,
2: that's I, like me with the Dolphins. It's disturbing, bro. <laughs> it's like you Until it transfers. basketball. It's disturbing what are the Knicks.
0: I think with Daniel Jones, I have felt really consistently for a year, two years that Daniel Jones is not the guy. If you, you know those like election needles they have, on like, you know, election nights It's as you can watch the needle move toward a candidate or not. My needle on Daniel Jones and how I feel has not moved in like a year. It moved on Sunday against the Saints. I'm not saying I changed my mind on if Daniel Jones is the guy. But if I was like a three before, if I was a two and a half, it ticked a little to like Yeah, you know what? That's
2: justifiable. They're down double digits. He plays great in the fourth quarter, leads them on the game tying drive, score the touchdown in overtime to go and win the game. Like those are big boy moments. You want to see more of them. He set a
0: career high in passing yards. Before the fourth quarter, before the overtime.
2: If we were having a beer back in August, like we were before Yankees and Twins, you would have dreamed of a giant game in which Daniel Jones played like that, Saquon Barkley looked like that, Kenny Galladay looked like that, and Andrew Thomas actually held up and played well on the offensive line.
0: Yeah. Here's what I think you got from the Giants and the Jets, because both, realistically, the Giants and the Jets are not going anywhere this year. And both these seasons— or really just about how the quarterback plays. The Jets to have hope for Wilson and the Giants to see if they want to keep Jones and then fire Gettelman and see what happens. What both these teams did with the Giants beating the Saints and the Jets beating the Titans was you got the ghost of Christmas future in like a good way, in that you got a vision of what could be. With the Giants, you got a, a competent offensive line with Andrew Thomas playing well, giving Jones time. And with that time... Because in the past, he's I, he has had such little situational awareness. I worry about him crossing the street. But this game, they were aggressive downfield. The downfield balls were great. You have Kadarius Tony, who looks like Deontay John. He looks like a young Antonio Brown with the way he's escaping from people. And then you got Saquon. So if you have Kadarius Tony and Saquon, two of the most elusive players in the NFL underneath, John Ross with a 4-2 speed and Kenny Galladay physical jump ball receiver going deep, that's a real offense. That's a real offense. The Jets, with Zach Wilson, it's a little different, but because the Titans were so undermanned at the receiver position with A.J. Brown and Julio being out, the Jets' secondary, which has been playing all right, but like the Jets' secondary was able to hold on enough that you got to see what a Jets' defensive line could look like with Robert Sala, what a good defense could look like for that Jets team. What, they had seven sacks? Quinton Williams and his brother both got one? I mean, that's a real team, and then Zach Wilson... Because the Titans don't have a pass rush, you're like, oh, if they don't, if they protect Zach Wilson, this is what he could look like. Neither of those things I think are sustainable. That's the point. Don't expect the Giants or Jets to play like this every week. But you got a glimpse of the best case.
2: Okay. Who would you rather be right now? The Jesus. Jets or the Giants? I know this oh answer God. could change in two weeks, so I allow you to change your mind the next time you come on the You pod. mean for the
0: season or just like, like next no, five I'm talk- years? What's the I'm time frame? Long-,
2: long term. Long term. The season, neither one's going anywhere. That's uh, that's besides, it. unless the Giants beat the Cowboys this week, then come talk to me.
0: The Giants have hints of Macedonia too, don't they? I I, I, I I'm gonna really lean really do. The-
2: <laughs> I mean, that's where we stand with New York sports, aside from the Knicks. I mean, in many ways, probably. Really, my gut is just to disturbing. go with the Giants
0: because I feel like the Giants. Like, first of all, they have the two worst records in the league over the last four seasons. So, like, I mean, this is, I mean, it's it's like a shit sandwich or a poop sandwich. But like, I mean, I I I'd probably go with the Giants. There are obviously similar cases, though, because obviously, aside from, like, the difference in age from Jones and Wilson, they both have just invested in this franchise left tackle. Andrew Thomas is getting better. Beckton's a better player, but he's hurt. They have, like, good for agent signing. Galladay's playing well. Corey Davis is playing well. They've got, like, Shifty underneath guys. Kadarius, Tony, James, and Crowder. Like, oddly similar profiles. But I think I'd go with the Giants. But realistically, at the end of the season, I hope, Dave Gettleman's still fired. I don't know what happens to Joe Judge. I actually hope they keep Judge, even though... Well, I like him. I
2: got to say this, though, Heifetz. He's worrying me a little bit. The conservative nonsense that I've seen in a couple of these games, I I mean, whether it's kicking field goals, punting, I mean, old man football that I scream and bellyache about all the time, that's got to scare you a little bit with this head coach. I agree.
0: But he gets the guys to play their absolute asses off. That's fair. And, like, that's a lot harder than, like, changing what you do on fourth down. I think it's... You can... Like a new GM can come in and they can have an organizational recommitment to how they approach fourth down. They need the average GM. to go in. give him
2: a kick in the ass, basically. No. That's what you're telling me.
0: The team plays well with Joe Judge. I, you know, I, I actually he has think the a Jets plan. have the same See, thing with I agree solid.
2: with that. And that's why I haven't like, jumped off the bandwagon with this coach. I like his demeanor, I like his mentality, I like the way he goes about his business. That stuff bothers me, though, Heifetz. You got to play and coach to win. I, I
0: did. I, look, I I, I I, guess I'd say the Giants I'd rather be. But realistically, part of that implies we're in the limbo now because if Daniel Jones plays well, he could play himself into keeping the job, which what is a month ago what I back. told myself was the worst case scenario is that Jones plays well enough to give him and Gettleman more time, which is a disaster. But it is, it is like nut crunch time coming up. Sorry for the cursing or whatever. But like, That's all right. I dropped the next, about
2: three F-bombs in the grim. I got to so pull up the giant okay.
0: schedule because it's kind of hard to believe. But well, basically, it's brutal. It's brutal. they so, literally have the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL. Well,
3: you got and they the, Chiefs, got, the Saints had the longest the active box. win streak.
2: It's brutal. I it's went Cowboys, Rams, NBA Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks. Oh, my God. When they fell at 0-3, I was like, where's the first win coming from? And then, to my surprise, they put a great game. They were down big. Won against the Saints. They've had some moments in Dallas over the years. They were very close against Dallas last year. Do you think they have a legitimate shot to win this game Sunday?
0: Yeah, actually, I do.
2: I do, too. I think they're a live dog in the game. Now, I picked against the Cowboys both weeks, and my NFL picks have gone completely in the tank kind of like the Yankees. The I'm doing good days. on
0: props. I will. I'll to- toot my own horn. You I'm 11 for 12 some? on props I mean, this year.
2: I, I'd love to profit. I mean, I just flushed a couple of bucks down the toilet, uh, betting the Dolphins and betting the Yankees over the last couple of days. So I'm more than willing to share on a few of those props. So you can, what's, if they're going to beat the Cowboys, you need another effort like this out of the offense, or is it about the defense?
0: The, well, first of all, it's the Jason Garrett. They actually ironically have to shed what Jason Garrett has been doing to beat the Cowboys because they got to let Jones be aggressive. Like, the, the the conservativeness forget that the Giants are not beating teams by rushing this year like like Saquon needs to make his impact as a receiver we need screens to, what I want to see I want Kadarius Tony bubble screens to the left I want a Saquon in in the in the flat to the right on a screen I want Kadarius Tony or sorry I want Galladay and John Ross deep and I want Daniel Jones to have options or put him on slants what I want Daniel Jones to have like a mix of Tony and Saquon underneath, which no defense wants to deal with while Galladay and John Ross are sprinting. I don't even care if Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are healthy. I think they can beat the Cowboys like that. Just watch out for Trevon Diggs.
2: Hi, Fitz. Next time we talk, it's going to be on better terms, all right, buddy?
0: <laughs> sure hope so, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously,
2: I hope to see you. You know, you brought such joy to my life. You know, when you were here in August, the Yankees were playing great. Football season's on the horizon.
0: The Tesla would ruin his Hawaii vacation. Chua,
2: Chua is brittle. You know, we all can't be built from Malibu and, uh, you know, go to go to Hawaii <laughs> for a week or two. You know, maybe another lifetime. I hope to see you before the Super Bowl, by the way.
0: I hope so, too. I know maybe. I'll see
2: you over Zoom, but I mean, actually see you. You know what I mean? That this would doesn't be nice. count. This doesn't count. All right, Hypix. Later, buddy. Peace. I can't believe I got to preview of the rest of the Major League Baseball playoffs without the New York Yankees, but that's where we're at. Brewers are a minus 145 favorite against the Atlanta Braves. Um, I think the Williams issue for Milwaukee makes this a far more competitive series. I still think Milwaukee's the better team. Atlanta's been very resilient all year, though. That's a very, very tough series to handicap. On the other hand, I've been thinking long and hard about the White Sox and the Astros. I am in on the Chicago White Sox. I think the White Sox end up winning this series I think Tim Anderson, the young talent there, the bullpen of Hendricks and Kimbrell, I think that ends up being the difference. Don't love the Astro pitching. I thought I was going to be all over them, this line moving against them. I'm going to go with the White Sox here. Maybe it's my heart speaking. Who the hell knows? I- I'd be careful with the Dodgers tomorrow. Dodgers going to be like the Yankees. Everybody's betting them tomorrow. I'm telling you, everybody's betting the Dodgers. That is the ultimate house money game for the Cardinals. The Cardinals have nothing to lose. The Dodgers have everything to lose. I might think about throwing a beacon on the Cardinals plus one and a half. And you're getting them plus 196. It's amazing. The Dodgers, as good as they are, season comes down to one game. So we'll throw in White Sox series price. We'll throw in Brewers series price. And I might even take a roll of the dice with the Cardinals. I know that's not a smart bet, but you know what? Who the hell cares? All right, Jeff Bunny. before we say goodbye, what do we got, Jeff Bunny?
1: What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a Handicapper Picks. This is going to be for tomorrow, Wednesday the 6th, and for Thursday the 7th. So Wednesday the 6th, we've got a wild card game. We've got the Dodgers and the uh, Cardinals. Now, I like the Dodgers, but I'm not laying no 2-1. to one. So for the first time, I'm going I'm to go with the run line and the Dodgers minus the 105 for Wednesday. As far as Thursday, we've got the Thursday uh, football game. Now, it's going to be not part of my uh, contest play, but we always pick you know the Thursday and the Monday night game. So I'm going to go with the Rams minus the two on the road over the Seahawks. Again, Wednesday play, I'm going to go with the Dodgers on the run line minus the 105. And on Thursday, like I said, in that part of the contest plays, I'm going to go with the Rams minus the two. All right, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go.
2: I'm going heads up with you, Jeff Money. I think Seattle at home is a different team than Seattle on the road. And I just get the sense this is going to be a very even NFC West throughout this year. Everybody's alive. Everybody's relevant. Public is hammering the Rams. I don't love this game. It's not a contest play. If I were to play it, I'm grabbing two and a half with a juicy home dog and Russell Wilson, a quarterback. Uh, not the show we envisioned, but listen, incredibly grateful for the folks over at Spotify and the ringer. I mean, the idea that we have been at Fenway Park now three times doing these shows And you guys have been amazing. The participation throughout this baseball season has been off the rails. And to quote our buddy Chris Berman, we have only just begun. We have a lot more of this coming your way throughout the football season, throughout the basketball season. And listen, hopefully we're throwing a celebratory party when Aaron Boone is fired as Yankee manager. One can only help. Fellas, outstanding job. Calls from the green room. Participation. Amazing. I love you all. I got to go play a lousy round of golf tomorrow. Maybe I'll play a great round of golf. You know, even Steven. Maybe it even out. JJ signing off. Here from Fenway Park. For the final time in 2021. Be good, everybody.